You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 175. Well, hey there, Impact Driver. Welcome to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard. And today we are going to talk about the life of a project management entrepreneur. Have you wondered what it would be like to make that leap and become an entrepreneur, to share your brilliance with project management all around the world, or even just in your backyard, in your local communities? What would it be like if you were to take that jump and go from being a corporate full-time project manager or PMO leader to running your own business to deliver services in project management or PMOs. Now, this is something that I certainly have a lot of experience with, and my guest today is going to share some insights on what that journey might look like for you if it's something you're thinking about doing in your future. Now, before we dive in, this episode is sponsored by the Impact Engine Consultant Program. Are you a consultant or one in the making? Are you looking to leave corporate life and start your own consulting organization? Or just be an independent contractor and work your own hours and your own schedule? You're not alone. A lot of people are starting to go out on their own. And I want to make sure you have the resources, guidance, and support to help you on that journey. Because By the way, you're a rock star if you're going to start your own thing. And it can be a little bit scary or you may not know where to start. I would love to see you have the kind of success that we've experienced over the last decade with our company and maybe save you some time and headaches and frustration that we experienced when we were first getting started. We have our new Impact Engine program that is designed to support you as you help organizations elevate their strategy execution and truly deliver on their strategy with a higher return on investment much faster. So whether it's an agile transformation office, a business transformation office, a PMO, or managing a program, we've got the step-by-step program to support you on that journey. We also want to get you on the wait list for our consultants only mastermind program, where I'm going to be sharing my secrets, best practices, tips, and tricks to help you kickstart your journey of being your own boss. I can't wait to see you there. Just go to pmostrategies.com forward slash consultant. That's pmostrategies.com forward slash consultant. Or you can go right to our homepage and just click the chess piece for consultant resources. And I cannot wait to see you there. Okay, let's dive into the life of a project management entrepreneur. Now, our guest today, Nicole Jones, is the founder of Mediocre to Masterful, a platform teaching women how to boss up in entrepreneurship, wealth, and wellness. She also owns the PM Suite, an operations project management consulting company supporting entrepreneurs, corporations, and project managers. Nicole has been featured in Women of Project Management's Masterclass, PMI, the Project Management Institute, and she hosts the TV show Boss Up through the Hope TV Network. She's also been a guest speaker at the PMO Impact Summit in the past and hopefully will be again at our upcoming summit next year. Now, she's here to teach you how to prepare for a transition from the corporate world to 
a project management entrepreneurial role and do something similar to what she did when she left corporate to pursue project management consulting work with business leaders. So she's going to walk us a little bit through that experience and talk to you about what it looks like a day in the life of project manager entrepreneurship. So with all of that said, Nicole, thank you so much for being here and welcome to the Female Strategies Podcast. Hey there. Thank you so much for having me, Laura. I am super excited to be talking to your audience again. Like you mentioned, I was a part of the summit a while back. I had a great time. So thank you again. Absolutely. <laughs> great time. So I appreciate Absolutely. that. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk to the audience today about what entrepreneurship looks like in terms of project management. You don't really hear those words together often because we're so focused on just the co- corporate structure and being able to build up our career in that light, which is perfectly fine. But now we're realizing a lot more people are starting to make that transition into a consultant agency, just having their own firm. So I'm excited. Mm, Yeah, for sure. And it's funny when we were talking about doing this episode, I was reflecting upon the last decade or so since I started PMO Strategies and what it took for me to make that leap. And I'm a little bit crazy, I will admit, because (laughs) I did it as a single mom with a very young child and had just moved back to a state I'd lived in before, but not really having any major like support system around me from trying to start my business. And I just knew this is what I had to do. And to me, it was just like, this is where I'm supposed to be. I keep saying to PMO leaders, gosh, I wish I had me when I was you. Gosh, I really wish mm, you knew what yeah. I knew. And it just became a calling and a passion and <laughs> the safe route be damned. I'm just going to go do this, <laughs> do this whole thing that I think I believe so strongly in. And I know yeah. that's what some of the audience today feels like is they just feel so strongly that they want to serve. They want to help people. They want to make a difference. And I'm hoping that in this conversation, we can reach those folks that are feeling very passionate about this idea of making this transition and supporting them in figuring out what that might look like. Because some people might be like, okay, all right, I'm going to go out on a limb and try this thing. What am I going to experience? What should I expect? What does that look like? Yeah, I think what's funny about what you just shared, your journey starting 10 years ago, like before the whole leaving corporate America migration took place. Yeah, there's two sides of the coins for that. People could see when you share that story, either you're crazy or you're a trailblazer. <laughs> I'm going to go with trailblazer because you kind of set the footprint for everyone else and people like me to be inspired to do certain things like this. So that's pretty dope. That's pretty awesome. Thank you you for saying that because we were the first ones to do a global PMO virtual conference with the PMO Impact Summit before COVID, before it was the thing to do. And in fact, the technology solution provider we use for our PMO Impact Summit, when we started using them, we already had a couple of years of experience hosting these events pre-COVID, right? And they were an event platform software that had to switch and pivot 
and become a really virtually focused solution when COVID happened. And, yeah. and we were already like full of lessons learned to say, now let me tell you. Here's yeah. What you do. Here's what you guys were do. pretty yeah. much prime for this at that point. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. We were already planning our next event when in March of 2020, we were already well underway planning our next event. So I guess yeah. I think there's, it does, I, it might take a little sprinkle of crazy to do things like that, be a trailblazer. <laughs> so I'm going to say maybe there's a little bit of both. A little bit of both. That's, you know, that's not a bad combination. Yeah. That's not, so, required, not required to be an entrepreneur. It's just no, no not, at all. not at all. <laughs> Especially today when, when we are in a more, I would say, accepting and accepting environment for that kind of role and that kind of transition. And people like you and me that are willing to share our stories, our experience, and help guide people through that journey and that transition. So yeah, yeah. love to hear a little bit more about your transition. Yeah. And then talk a little bit what, about what that might look like for others that are interested in becoming. An yeah. I think that's helpful to share like what your story was the past 10 years as entrepreneur. And then what my story has been the past 10 years into now being an entrepreneur. The past decade, I have been in corporate America. While you were trailblazing there, I've been in corporate America working in project management, started off in the coordinator role, like many of us probably have begun when we get into project management, and literally quickly gathered my way and led my way to becoming a director of project management, senior leadership project management, and just different facets of the industry, whether that was fintech, whether that was finance, just banking, whether that was technology. And then technology world, the marketing space, quickly grasp the concept of project management, the skills, the practices, the methods to be able to help teams and companies build multi-million dollar projects and be successful. So I definitely don't discredit that timeline at all because it has helped me and groomed me really oh, to yeah. be able to leverage where I am today with my own co company with the PM Suite. One of the things that I have always wanted to do was be an entrepreneur. I feel like I've always had this entrepreneurial spirit. This just didn't come around because everybody's in this whole work from home method. And they're like, okay, now I want to work for myself. I have literally throughout my lifetime wanted to do something in the entrepreneurial space. Even while working in those corporations, I was always doing something as a side hustle mm -hmm. to gain passive income. I knew eventually, probably around year five-ish, five or a little bit later, that I wanted to take project management into my own hands and eventually become my own business owner in that particular space. It was just me trying to brainstorm, like, what does that look like? What does that roadmap look like? We love our roadmaps. <laughs> what does that look like for me stepping out? But I wanted to make sure I made use and was smart with the time that I had in corporate America as well, being able to understand what that structure looks like, not only from the projects that I was working on, but from an organizational structure that I could then mimic into my own business as well. So being able to make use and leverage literally all the knowledge that I gained throughout those years in project management has allowed me to be able to set up shop with the BM suite and be able to step out comfortably, totally leaving a six-figure job. Talk about crazy. It's like, you leaving yeah. a six-figure job to start all over again? Yes, <laughs> I did. But it was with proper planning, I believe. Because there was a point in time where it's like, okay, I just want to do it now. Every day I would say to myself, I can't wait to be a business owner. I can't wait to step out and be a business owner. Yeah. But I didn't 100% feel confident that I could do it at that moment. 
And there was almost like a pivot point where, okay, like all the stars have aligned now for me mm-hmm. in this business model. And I feel like now is the time. And I think that just came from a combination of my learnings over the, the many years, my experience that I've gained and, and realizing, okay, I have the ultimate package now exactly. <laughs> and I can be, continue this process. And then also from a financial standpoint, like what does that look like for me? Being able to become debt-free right. was another big piece of being able to say, okay, now I'm ready. Like right. there's nothing in my bones that's telling me to stop. Right, <laughs> right. for sure. No, yeah. There's, so well, I want to dig into all of those things. And I think there was something that you were saying that I just want to really highlight. And that is taking everything that you've learned in the last 10 years inside organizations to create your system, your framework, your process of how you want to serve in once you're in the entrepreneurial world. Because I can tell you that it was very similar for me. I built my first PMO in 1999 and I had no idea what I was doing. No idea if I didn't even know it was called a PMO at the time. Wow. I, I just knew that we had, that I went to this organization as a senior project manager, the one that, but it was in the middle of the dot-com craziness, all kinds of things going on, a big change happening fast. Yeah. A lot of young people, I was in my twenties being given the opportunity to take on bigger roles. And they said, Hey, we want to have you build out this function that, and it had the typical PMO type stuff. It was, I interviewed all the project managers. What does the process need to look like? How do we build a repeatable process that works, that gives us reliable information, reliable outcomes? And how do we get increased project throughput to get these projects delivered for our clients faster? I mean, these were brick and mortar stores that were all trying to build online presence in the middle of this e-commerce. Wow. And so most people didn't understand how the technology all worked to make that happen, but they felt like it should be something they should just be able to flip a switch and have. Right? <laughs> Listen, that term, flip a switch, yeah. that just makes me roll my eyes. <laughs> You got like all these people, dozens of people working to flip the switch. Flip the switch. Exactly. So anyway, so I I did it for 15 years inside organizations, learning a lot of lessons the hard way, getting a lot of advice from books or classes. They were like, you should do this. You should do that. And what I realized is like, no, this is a lot of theory that doesn't seem to work in the real world in the organizations I've been working in. I wonder what other people's experiences are, right? And so over 15 years, I created a framework that was based on reality, right? That was based on, no, this is what does work, what doesn't work. And let me give you the shortcuts and the cheat codes, if you will, right? Mm -hmm. Of, Of how to do this the right way the first time. You don't have to, you don't get to skip doing the work, but how you do it, let's just, the shortcut is not having to make all the mistakes. Let me just give you the straight path to the right solution, right? So over that time, I built that framework. And then what I realized, I didn't even realize that that's what I was doing, except I was like, okay, well, now we're this step of the process, or now I'm going to start a new PMO and here's the things I'm going to go through. And it just kept working again and again and again in different organizations, transformation functions, even building out new operational capacities. And it just worked like every time it kept working, right? And so I think the reason I share that is that the folks listening should understand that you are building this foundation of your framework, your system, your approach while you're in that job you're in now. But look at it through that lens. If you're thinking, if you're listening to this episode and you're thinking, this could be me one day, then 
pay attention to what you're doing now. It's already started. You're in the moment right now. Yeah. Yeah. Very well put, Nicole. It's already started. And so you've already started building that foundation for what could become your way of delivering value and creating services for your customers in the future. So I love I love that. I look, we both love it. (laughs) I love that only because especially if you have the passion and you know you want to start your own business eventually in this space, zoom out of the current role that you're in Mm -hmm. because sometimes we can get so focused on the tactical things that happen, the mundane things that we're doing on a daily basis Mm -hmm. that we forget and lose sight of the bigger picture. And if your bigger picture is to one day own your own agency consulting company in the space, think about, okay, this might not be something that I enjoy today, this Mm -hmm. one task that I'm doing with my job. However, this is going to help me better prepare and build that better framework for when I do step out on my own. Let me rework this model. What what are some of the things that I need to include as processes within my business? Don't think about it in from a a one-dimensional way. Just think about it from, okay, from all aspects. I currently am in this role, yes, to provide for me, my family, and whomever else is under my roof to be able to excel in this particular role. But I also, long-term, the longevity part of this opportunity is so a lot of these practices that I'm doing is going to help me in the long run when I start my own business. So let me think about it. Let me rework some of the things that I'm currently doing and figure out how then is that going to map into my ultimate business model where I want to serve my own clientele. So yeah, that's why I say I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And how would I teach it? How would I explain it? How would I talk about it? Because I think that's a really important part of it is that no matter if you're a project manager or PMO leader inside organizations now, the big and we do a lot of this in our impact engine PMO implementation program and our coaching program. We spend a lot of time focused on that communication, storytelling, and all of the aspects of teaching people how to apply what we're taking them through, right? Because a lot of times, one of the shortcomings of many in the PMO project management space is that we make assumptions that people understand it, that they get it, or that they should just get it. And when you are an entrepreneur and you're selling your services or you're trying to guide a client through a journey or you're trying to teach, you have to be able to help them answer the so what. Why does this matter? How do we do it? Yes. What order? Why that matters? Like all of those things are things you've got to get good at explaining to people in a way yep. that feels nurturing and supportive and in service as opposed to like being pushy or demanding or kind of attacking, right? Because that's how it can feel when people are trying to take in new information. It's like, well, you should just know, or why don't you get this or all that? You got to put that, you just let that go right away because I get it. (laughs) Real quick. And what's really good about that is because I started the PM suite while I was still working my nine to five, just to get the ball rolling, like do some yeah. low touch things that I could balance between working the nine to five and then the the midnight oil with my business. One of the things that I learned was exactly what you just said. So that kind of rolls into some of the challenges that I run into because in my mind, I'm thinking, well, the people that I'm going to be serving now as in my own company are more so entrepreneurs. So still yeah, kind of yeah. still business related, but these are all entrepreneurs who own their own companies and I will be supporting them. The challenge was I was thinking so high level, like they knew all the other stuff about Mm -hmm. project management and operations and organization. Let me get straight to being able to deliver on some executable things that I figured that they would need support in. Right. That window was me trying to figure out what was my sweet spot 
and yeah. serving the people that I said I wanted to serve, realizing that they didn't know some of those things mm-hmm. and walking it back and said, okay, maybe I need to scale back what my services are and be a lot more in the trenches, if you will, with their business. Yeah. Because I'm, a, like you said, assuming that a lot of these companies know this information and they're, they really do not. Yeah, <laughs> especially in the so, space because yeah. they didn't all come from project management careers, right? Exactly. So, exactly. and it's interesting. It's so funny you say this because I just hired an operations manager who's also going to be overseeing some projects for me. And it's a very similar type experience. So as an entrepreneur, I know that, and here's the problem. Here's the problem with folks like us, Nicole, and all of our impact drivers listening. <laughs> We're good at everything, which makes it really hard to do because we can do it all. Sometimes we will do it all. And that's one of my biggest challenges and something I have to remind the PMO leaders in our coaching program regularly. Just because you can doesn't mean you should, right? And so that's where Nicola and her company comes in is being able to take on some of those things that people should like me as the chief impact driver for my organization. I need to be spending time guiding my clients and with my coaching students, et cetera. I don't need to be running the operations of my business. And so having someone like you come in to be able to do those kinds of things for me frees me up to be in my, as we call it in this industry, our area of brilliance of being able to serve. Right. So that's really cool that what you're doing. I absolutely, like I said, I just hired somebody full time for that. I absolutely appreciate the importance (laughs) of that role. And so many entrepreneurs need that. Yeah. All of these entrepreneurs in the making that we're going to be talking to on this podcast might be calling you at some point when their business is doing well, they need to bring you in to help them. Well, I listen, I am open. So not only do I serve the entrepreneurs and their business, but I also serve other project managers and they need support. So I do a cohort program quarterly for that in particular, but that is a good point. So for those that are listening and you're like, okay. This just lit a lot more light bulbs for me listening to this. I now have a lot more drive and you put some fuel to the fire in terms of me trying to make this transition, zoom out in terms of like looking at my career and what I now need to be more focused on and how I can apply that to my future business. I don't want to lose sight of what you just said because I also share that with the other people that I teach that, hey, don't pick up work that you are not, like you said, we're great at everything. Yeah, We don't need to be picking up everything that we serve under the sun because it's not our expertise. So that's one of the things that constantly comes up when I'm speaking with other people that that are just looking for advice and they want to say, hey, but I also am good at social media. Can I add that to my project? If that's what you actually enjoy and you're an expert in, however, if you're strictly like an operations project manager, don't add a million things to your plate only because you're good at it. When right. you can be great at the thing that you're actually trying to serve. Because yeah. a lot of people have this mentality where they're juggling, well, I could do it for extra cost and a little extra. It's like, yeah. it's really not about the extra money that might come from it. It's, are you actually enjoying what you're trying to do when you're right. trying to provide for these clients? Do you really want to serve that full time for the right. people that are you consider your clients? Right. Well, and that could be a slippery slope because it's funny. My husband and I talk about it. He, temporarily so he retired from the army he joined my company for a few years and now he's trying to quit (laughs) (laughs) he's retiring (laughs) he's retiring again he's like all right i'm out of the coo role i'm into the cfo role now and that's it which is part of the reason i've been hiring recently and the team's been growing quickly which is great it just allows me but that's the thing i'm having to let go of things that i'm even that i'm good at 
that I like to do, but they're still not the things that, that are all the things that only I can do. And I think that's what you're getting at here with some of the challenges that you might face when you're becoming an entrepreneur is saying yes to everything yeah. that you can do, especially when it comes to serving your clients. They may be like, can you also do this random thing over here? This totally not yeah. related to what's in the contract or what you're trying to yep. do us. Yep. And the challenge is, is that you will then find yourself saying yes to so many things that you don't actually get to do the things that you're best meant to do. Exactly. Right? And you'll find yourself in frustrating relationships with clients because you're doing things you shouldn't be doing. Exactly. That are not focused on your areas of brilliance, your things yep. where you can make the biggest impact. Yep. Yep. And that'll, and return is a disservice to yourself because okay. then you'll say, did I really leave my nine to five to do this? Now I'm less happy because right. I said yes to everything in this role right. when I really should just scale back and stick to my guns about these are the deliverables that I can provide. So. Right. Well, and there's an important part of that. And that is also not being afraid to hire other people to help you in those other areas, because mm -hmm. one of the mistakes that, and all of this, I, I do actually want to ask you the question, how do you prepare for entrepreneurship and make that transition? I don't <laughs> want to go into all these mistakes and challenges already, but one of the mistakes that people make, and I hear this all the time, and I did it too, is waiting too long to hire right? Waiting too long to hire people to help you grow your organization or to keep you focused in your area of brilliance. There's so many, when you're an entrepreneur, there's like, I am the one person show and I'm going to go out and do this. And then they're spending so much time working in their business. They never have time to work on their business. Right. Yeah. So, and I just did a episode, I think it was 159 on the PMO, same kind of concept. How much time do you spend working in your PMO versus on your PMO? And I'm taking my coaching students next, like actually it will have already happened by the time this goes live. I'm taking my coaching students through an exercise to do that because it's an important thing to business owners, entrepreneurs, PMO leaders, we anyone that's running a business, business unit or their own organization, their own company, even if it's just one person, mm -hmm. needs to be thinking about how they're dividing their time. Exactly. Building for the future and building that strong foundation upon which to serve an even bigger, bigger audience, bigger customer base, et cetera, versus actually delivering those services. And one of those ways is that you can solve for that challenge is to make sure that you're appropriately staffed, like you're suggesting. If just because you can do social media, is that really the best use of your time? And nowadays, today, it was very different 10 years ago, but today you can hire fractional people to pretty much do anything for you. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And so it's so much easier now. I feel like I'm talking about walking uphill in the snow both ways right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was so much harder back then. But even <laughs> 10 years ago, you couldn't really find like, okay, well, I can get a few hours of someone for this and a few hours from someone for that. Or there's so outsourcing has just gone so far in the last 10 years that you can outsource pretty much everything so that you are laser focused on delivering value and making yeah. that big impact. And from that and the referral-based business and all the things that will grow from that could be tremendous. Yeah. So that's definitely something to be thinking about. So I'm glad, I know we jumped around a little, but I'm glad we went into some of those challenges because I think there's yeah. things people don't think about. And then they end up, like you said, not loving the transition and not loving, oh, why did I do this? It's so frustrating when they had all this passion and energy to go serve. And that gets sucked out of you if you're burning the candle both ends, you're working too many hours and working on things you shouldn't be. 
yep. you will find yourself wondering why you did it. So Nicole and I are here to set all of you impact drivers up for success and do it right from the start. <laughs> do it right the first time. Exactly. There'll, there'll still be some trial and tribulations, but as long as you have the tools, leveraging a lot of the things that we're talking about now and some of the resources we both have, I think you'll be great. Yeah. So let's talk about that. How did you prepare for the transition to entrepreneurship? And what advice do you have for people that are trying to prepare for that. We've talked a little bit. We've mm -hmm. kind of flirted around this a little with like, understand your framework internally before you leave, like get and build the foundation of what it is that you would serve and how you would serve people, et cetera. What other ideas do you have for people? And what did you do that seemed to serve you well? Definitely, definitely. So like you said, just making sure that I'm applying some of the things that I was doing for my corporate world. What are some of the things that I want to pull from this that I think would make my business amazing. So that was definitely step one, being able to pull together my, my business plan. That's something I know a lot of people talk about, create your business plan, create your business plan oh, yeah. ad nauseum, but it actually truly helps because it gives you clarity. It gives you a, an ultimate vision on where you want your business to be and where you see it in the future. And not only did I create a business plan for the PMC before it even got jump started, but I also did like a forecast of course yeah. I did a forecast. I'm a project manager. <laughs> I did a forecast of like five years into my business yeah. and what I thought that would actually look like, even down to the point where I was like, okay, these are the services that I think I want to offer. These are the prices that I think I would set them at. And here's what I think on an annual basis between this year, all the way to five years from now, how those prices will increase and how that'll bring me to my ultimate company, corporate entrepreneurial number as a business owner. So really getting literally playing with where you see your business going. How, what's the impact that your business could make in the community and the people that you serve? How do you see that business? I took another step because I didn't want to be the entrepreneur who worked literally day in, day out. Mm -hmm. So I also outlined, okay, what does my ideal schedule look like as an entrepreneur? Do I want to work every single day? Do I want to work nine to five? Do I want to work Nine to 12. Like, what does that actually right. look like for me? If I were to step out of corporate America and start into my own business, it has to be something that I'm continuously passionate about, but right. I also will still love and enjoy even with the timeline that I built and created right. for myself. So I had off on Fridays as my yeah. dream calendar for my business, just outlining like, what does that look like? So being very specific and a lot of people believe in manifestation and one day I look back on this list, I'm like, I'm literally doing everything I said I wanted to do within this company. Outside of establishing the business within your state, your county, what have you, making sure that's all down, business bank account, making sure that was all in place, but also being able to leverage my network, say, hey, build my email list. Before I even launched the website, I had an email list and I started off just doing a blog through the PM suite, just sharing PM knowledge. So the SEO would pick up. So by the time that I launched, <laughs> I yeah. would have like a good following already. So I built my email list to over hundreds of people to be on that list before I even started the business. So that was like preparing my for the ultimate launch, consider it a soft launch, if you will, before right. launching the business full-time when I left corporate America. Now that's really smart. And knowing that that's what you wanted to do, you were able to plan that kind of thing. And I love some of these basics you're talking about. And if you can do them in a non-stressful situation where you currently have an income, but 
maybe on the days you get frustrated with your job, you can channel that energy into better solutions, right? Yeah. You can channel that energy into your future by doing blog posts on LinkedIn. Just be careful that they're not too specific about the challenges you're experiencing <laughs> in your current job or you may not have it, but just ways to do things, the way you want to serve the world, et cetera. You can do it on LinkedIn. You can create your own website. There's, you know, you can start a blog. You can do all those things. And like you said, build an email list. There's a lot that you can do while you're still employed so that you're not kind of under the gun to get income coming in right away, which allows you to build that strong foundation. I've also found that for me, because by the way, it was not my plan to become an entrepreneur. I did not have that plan at all. I expected to rise the ranks in corporate America and have some nice high level corporate job. And I did. And I was still, I was only 20 years into my career when that happened, right? So I had been, I was an executive in multiple organizations before I left that and went into building PMO strategies 10 years ago. And it happened faster than I think. And I think it's because I always had that passion, that drive, that really the energy burning to kind of do more and do bigger things. And I think that helped me when I went into the corporate world, when I left the corporate world to go into my, to start my entrepreneur experience. But I found one thing that was really important to think about is a lot of the challenges I hit along the way became fantastic stories and anecdotes for my training, for my keynote speeches, my workshops, the things that I started doing. Because I was asked to speak on stages a few years before I left corporate America. Wow. I was in PMI chapters and they're like, well, you're our resident PMO expert. Like you've been doing PMOs a long time. Come sit on a panel about PMOs. I'm like, okay. And And what happened, the reason I decided to start my own business was because what happened was I kept finding myself saying, oh, no, 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 don't do this. Do this instead. Let me tell you how this really works. Oh yeah. I made that mistake too. Please don't make that mistake. Let me save you some time. And I would see the light bulbs going off in the audience. Yeah. And so I kept doing it and I kept doing it, kept doing it. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is fun. This is fun to help people, right? Like that's why I do what I do is because I love helping people and seeing them win. Like when I see somebody else succeed, that means everything to me, right? So that's what inspired me to do it. It wasn't because I had, so we had very different like trajectories, you and I, on like our plan. I did not plan to be an entrepreneur, but- (laughs) My success in corporate and also being very thoughtful to remember the stories and the terrible experiences and the lessons learned and the challenges, those make great stories. People love hearing those stories. You're on the stage or when you're teaching something because you can can apply the whole context looking from externally to say, okay, now here's how this story went down. And let me tell you what I did to fix it. Or let me tell you what this taught me and all that. It's, it's amazing. So even the tough days and the frustrating days and the jobs that you're in now where you're like, oh my gosh, this is so frustrating. Use that, use what you're learning to help fuel your future. I think that's a really important part of this is how you can really take advantage of what you're learning now. I mean, my best stories are some really crazy experiences. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they become the best case studies for you and your, the shape of your business. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I think it's definitely worth leveraging that because people can relate to that. They understand that they might be currently going through that. So being able to share those stories just gives people like, 
almost like a burden and the, the weight lifts off their shoulder and you see it yeah. kind of go down. It's like, okay, I'm not crazy. Love it. I love it. And so I, you, you, so I want to talk a little bit more about what the day, a day in the life of you is your business of being an entrepreneur, like, because we have in our household, what we call self-care Fridays and they're supposed to be our day off to like, just no kid baseball. We have to go to kids in school. We're able to relax and enjoy some time, like go get a massage or acupuncture or do the things we need to do to just like rest and recuperate from busting our tails. Usually the other just six days a week, right? <laughs> so working or just life being parents, et cetera. It's interesting because I haven't been doing as much recently, but I also took a significant amount of time off to travel this summer and spend time with the family and do things like that. So we've found ways to kind of have that balance and we have the luxury of doing so because we're entrepreneurs. So you mentioned like not working on Fridays and what is your hours going to look like? What does it look like for you right now being early in your business? Yeah. Yeah. So very similar self-care Fridays for sure. Again, there are some Fridays where, you know, just got to answer an email, something comes up and it's just like, it doesn't really take a lot of energy to be able to do some of those things, which is not a deal breaker. But for the most part, Fridays are the days that I just kind of like decompress, get prepared for the next week, get prepared for the weekend. I have to spend time with my husband because we're both work from home people and he's in technology. So we're both like glued to the screen for the most part. But during the work week, I Mondays, Sunday nights, Monday mornings, I'm t- typically writing out like what my work week looks like. Mm-hmm. I have my calendar that I have on my desk every morning. I just write out, okay, these are my client calls. Some of those calls are like reoccurring calls. So I know exactly what time they're supposed to right. start, when they're supposed to end. Typically, all of those are in the morning. So a lot of my meetings and my mornings are pretty on the heavy side. And by the time yeah. it's afternoon, two o'clock, three o'clock, I'm probably like dwindling down on a lot of the work that I'm doing. Of course, that changes day to day based on the client needs, what Mm -hmm. project delivery date is coming up really soon. But for the most part, it's pretty much like being able to manage and flex my own time has just been like a blessing. I never thought I would enjoy as much as I do. (laughs) And being able to monitor that with my clients and them understanding, hey, here's our deliverables. And because I'm the operations manager for a lot of the people that I'm working with, they're busy too. They have other things that they're working on. So being able to have that schedule and pocket in what makes sense with them and their team, because I work with teams as well within their company, it just allows more flexibility to have that power hour, if you will, or a couple hours to work on those projects, sit in those meetings, talk about the reports, and then leverage that time on Friday to kind of recoup and regain energy for the following week. So yeah, that sounds great. Very much like a project manager would. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Exactly. That's Definitely. That's Definitely night and day from corporate America because everything yeah. felt like a fire drill. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people listen and I'm like, yes, every day there's a fire drill. Even as much as we manage within the teams that we're working on, the departments that we're working on, it still feels like as much planning as we've done, some of the other people that we're working with is just everything's a fire drill. So we, I, a lot of times would be working till almost like nine o'clock, if not later, sometimes, depending on if it was a technology push right. or major release, late hours. And yeah. I don't miss that at all. <laughs> right. So right. being able to have that flexibility has been a huge deal when it comes to entrepreneurship. Now, 
I think it's probably one of the things I teach is this concept that I'm like, you've got to avoid having Thanksgiving eyes. So in the U.S., when we celebrate Thanksgiving holiday, but this applies to pretty much any holiday where family gather around and there's food involved, right? People <laughs> like pile way too much food on their plates and then they've just got like, and then they feel sick afterwards because they pile too much on their plates and they can't possibly digest it all. And it can ruin the experience, right? Yeah. So one of the things that we talked about several challenges, but one of the things as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking this is beautiful. And this is how it was for me in the early days as well. Had so much control of my schedule. I went to the gym for two hours in the middle of the day. I was, remember I was a single mom. I had a you know, young child. Mm-hmm. I did all the like, I was on the, I started a nonprofit. I was on the board of PMI. Nice. I really did all of these things while I was starting this business, right? So I was doing all these great things and everything was really balanced with BMO strategies. And then I got really hungry to serve more people. And I was, and that's when we started doing the PMO Impact Summit and we started doing all these other programs. And I'm just, oh, and I have so many other things that I want to do for people. And that is dangerous. And so my advice to you, Nicole, because you're in the early days and to all of you soon to be entrepreneurs listening to this, just be careful that you create and you maintain that balance and yes. that treat those, whatever your version of self-care Friday looks like, that you treat that sacred because it's so easy to let it creep into, oh, but if I could just do this and if I could just do that. And before you know it, you've adjusted yourself into <laughs> days a week of working. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And because you're excited about what you're doing. Yeah. And honestly, when we've hit those big stages, we've, we now work smarter, not harder. We now are in a much better position to avoid that kind of a thing. But I had to learn, I apparently have to learn lessons the hard way. So I had to learn the hard way that, and, and really just work too much to the point that I was burning out because I wanted to make the PMO Impact Summit bigger. And I yeah. wanted to, because I was, I, our mission with the PMO Impact Summit is no PMO leader left behind, which is why we try and make sure it's free. We have content available 24 seven. We make sure that people can really experience it no matter where they're they are where they're coming from what they're trying to do as long as if we can serve them we want to right and so there's things like that that I would get so hungry to be able to reach more people and change more lives and that passion and energy can put you in a position where you will go a little overboard and start the justs will take over your weekend in your life so my experience has been that that's been hard that's been hard for me to do is to maintain the balance. And we're back to figuring that all out now, thank goodness. But that was a tough period for us trying to figure all that out because we're doing, because we could, we did, right? And so we have a small team all doing all the things. And because we had this desire to continue to serve and to say yes to too many things, it got a little tough there for a little while. So yeah, uh, that is one of the biggest things I would say to avoid. And thank goodness we're on the other side of that now. And I took a ton of time off, off this summer and have had a lot of opportunities that I couldn't have as an employee in most organizations, especially in the U.S. where, you know, no way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no. my two cents to share with people that are listening, that are thinking about this is that you have to be planful. Like Nicole's talking about here, like you're talking about, just be planful and thoughtful and put those strong structures in place to support the life you want to have and the business you want to have right from the start. Exactly. I received that advice. Let me tell you, I have walked myself back and like, okay, Nicole, bring in the reins. Like you don't need to do everything. 
super type yeah. A overachiever. Yeah. So I'm like, oh yeah, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. So I'm, I am trying my best to stick to the advice that you just shared, like that balance. Cause that's, what's important to me. I want to be able to do that, still enjoy what I do and be able to serve the people that I am through this program or in my business. But yeah, there's been plenty of times where I'm like, okay, should I add on like a membership type of opportunity? That's going to cause a lot of work. So just different business models where I can continue to serve more people because I'm just so passionate about what it is I'm doing, not only for the entrepreneurs, but other project managers through programs like I have the C-suite and the PM boss program. So being able to do all those things, I'm like, well, I just want to serve more people, more people. And it's like, well, I can, but I can't. So let me do this in a way that makes the most sense, that provides the most balance so I can serve them in harmony and not in haste, essentially. I love that. I love that. And I want to dive into that in a minute, just these different programs that you have and the way that you're serving. And I think we, we have something that we're doing, which is kind of a membership type coaching program specifically for entrepreneurs that want to try all of these things. And I can help them fast track learning if that's the right approach for them. Like we've done the membership, we've done the virtual conference, we've done the professional speaking, we do the consulting, we do the training programs, we do the implementation programs. We have all of these things. We've kind of done them all. And so in the blogging and the podcasting and the the list goes on. (laughs) So if we, you know, when we have a program we're kicking off that is specifically for people that are trying to do PMO consulting and that kind of thing. And specifically like, okay, don't do them all is going to be my advice, right? Don't, you know, because people say, oh, I want to be like you. I'm like, no, you don't. You really don't. (laughs) Not if you want your sanity. You're going to that eventually, but really (laughs) like pick a thing. Like you're so smart, Nicole. I'm going to pick my things and that's where I'm going to focus my energy and how I'm going to serve. I think that's a really important lesson learned that we're going to be instilling into people in our consultant kind of PMO coaching program. Exactly. Uh, So talk to me about your programs you have though, because this sounds very interesting. Yes. Yeah. So like I mentioned, I have the entrepreneurs that I serve. I have three different packages on my site, actually four, four different packages, plan set profit, that's a package for people who are just in this space where they have an idea, they have a yeah. concept, but they literally don't know how to organize these thoughts and ideas into like a nice, cool. pretty plan that's packaged in a way that they can start executing on it. So plans that profit is for those that just need like a quick power session, two hour session to think through their ideas because they have the, a great concept. They just don't know how to execute it. Mm-hmm. The big launch is where I support big launch and the enterprise level are both me just supporting entrepreneurs. So those are like strictly three-month contracts, working with my different clients. Sometimes they can extend further than to six months, Um, but really supporting them and their teams and making sure that we execute on the projects that they have internally with their company. And then the flip side of that, outside of serving entrepreneurs in that space, my other bucket is helping project managers, like I mentioned, through the Mm C-suite and a program that I do called PM Boss. So really PM Boss is like a, I was considered like a VIP day pretty much just talking through what you need to do, the, the foundational elements to start your business. And then the C-suite is my big program, which is a seven-week program, helping and guiding and handholding those people who want to start their own business, go from corporate to CEO of their own company. And I do that wow. twice a year. Yep. That's fun. Yeah. Okay. And we'll definitely have to talk a little bit more about that so we can figure out how to support. <laughs> That's something that I'm not doing with this business. And so we might have to, who knows, by the time this comes out, we might be partnering on something fun like that. Let's, let's <laughs> 
talk. (laughs) That sounds like fun. That's great. People are interested, like we've kind of talked about some of the challenges, but how to work through them. We've talked about the reality of running your own business, transitioning to an entrepreneur. You even talked about one thing that we haven't gone into yet is this, how you financially prepared for this. Mm, That's that's a really important part of this. Can you talk a little bit about, you mentioned paying off debt. That's a really important thing. Can you talk a little bit about your experience, what you did and what advice you have for people that are considering this transition? Definitely. This is a question that I get often. Like, how did you fund your business? How did you get started? Like, how did you go from corporate to now starting all over again with your own business? Again, being able to start while working was a big help because that allowed me to just put money to the side, pocket money off to the side for my business, build up a nice little savings so I can support some of the tools and stuff that I needed and I wanted for my business to continue running and operating. So that's one way. One way. So, you know, whatever it is that you can put aside for your business while you're still working, use your company as an investor for your business and put something to the side that you feel comfortable with alongside your other bills and responsibilities, put something to the side that you think will help you and your business long term. The other thing that was really critical for for me and my husband and I, so we had this ultimate plan the past few years to eliminate debt altogether. We both had debt and in reality, in combination between the both of us, we had $120,000 worth of student loan debt. We were on a mission, let me tell you, to eliminate that debt. I had $80,000 of that debt. So we came up with this plan. We literally came up with the spreadsheet and put all our numbers together on one spreadsheet and literally monthly monitored yeah. that thing to figure out like, how can we chip away at this as fast as possible? Right. So over the course of seven years, while working in corporate America as well, eliminated all of the debt. And my last payment was during the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so I made that last payment like in the thick of the pandemic. And I did my, my husband and I did our own little celebration at home because everybody was quarantined. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But essentially being able to have that literal weight off your shoulder from a financial aspect allowed a lot more freedom and opportunity to pocket more money into spaces that we felt were important for our future. So that was a key, like pivotal moment to say, okay, now I feel a lot more ready, confident. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying if you have student loan debt, you can't do that as well, because a lot of people are still doing it. That was just the route that we took. And because I'm an overachiever, like we talked about earlier, we can do all things. Not only did I eliminate debt, but to celebrate, (laughs) Laura, I also Mm -hmm. wrote a book about how I eliminated the debt. Oh, course of seven years. <laughs> so it is on my website, Mediocre to Masterful. It's on Amazon as well. Self-published book. Of course I did self-publish. Of course I wrote a book about limiting yeah. debt. That was just crazy me. Yeah. But it's called Unlearn, Ditch Fell Money Habits and Discover Financial Freedom. And I literally talked through the exact steps that we took to eliminate debt wonderful. over the course of those years. So that's wonderful. We'll make sure to put a link in it in the show notes for this episode. So that's great. I may have been a single mom with a mortgage and all kinds of other things going on, but I had money in the bank when I did it. And I had been, I worked to put myself through school. So I had some debt, but paid it off like long before, you know, I was in corporate for like 20 years before I started PMO strategy. So I had time to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I had money in the bank before I started my company. And I think that that allowed me to make really good business decisions. Yeah. You don't want to be in a position where you are taking whatever is thrown at you because you're desperate. 
right? Or that you're worried about where your next paycheck's gonna come from. So I do think it's important. If I were to say now, I would say at least six months of money to pay for bills and whatever your expenses are and just cost of living. Yeah. At least six months to have a comfort space. It, it, you all are impact drivers that are listening to this. It's not going to take you more than six months to get your stuff going. And if it is, you need to be contacting Nicole. You need to be contacting me. We need to be <laughs> into our programs that would help you fast track that. Um, but I do think that you will make better business decisions if you're not feeling the stress and overwhelm of financial constraints. So I do think that that's a really important part of this. So I'm glad that you shared that with everyone. It's a really important part of this. Yeah, definitely. Mentally ready, physically ready, financially ready, and have a clear vision on what it is that you're trying to accomplish. And you can do all of those things while still gainfully employed. So that when you do say sayonara to your organization, you are ready to rock. Ready. Yes. I think that makes perfect sense. And we are planners, right? So we can do this. That's what we do well. So I think that, that this is great advice to set them up for success. Yes, yes, yes. I hope so. I love it. So so this is wonderful, Nicole. If people are looking to find you, I'm sure they can connect with you on LinkedIn. Hopefully you'll be at the PMO Impact Summit next year um, in 2023 when we do another big one again. But if they're looking for more immediate, I need Nicole's help. Where should we send them? Yeah. So I am on LinkedIn. Both the PM suite is on LinkedIn and Nicole Jones. So you can find both accounts, but you can also find me if you're a social media person on Facebook, on Instagram, the PM suite under at the PM suite underscore is on Instagram and Facebook, as well as Nicole Jones, Mrs. Nicole Jones on Instagram and Facebook. So you can find me there, but I also have a website. So PM suite.com. So all those, all those links will be there as well. It'll direct you to all those different platforms, wherever you like to be socially, it'll lead you there. PM suite.com is where you can find all those elements. Wonderful. Well, this has been great, Nicole. I'm so excited that we were able to walk people through mentally, like what the process might look like, what things to worry about, what things not to worry about, how to set yourself up for success. I think these are great insights that will really help those of our impact driver audience that have been thinking mm-hmm. about making that leap into an entrepreneurial role and to starting their own business, being the CEO of their organization. So thank you so much for being here with us today and congratulations on your journey from corporate to running your own business. That is super, super (laughs) exciting. Big change since we talked at the last PMO Impact Summit that you were, that you spoke at. So thank you again for taking the time to be here. Yes. No, thank you. I really appreciate it. And I hope everyone who's listening, you felt some inspiration. If not you, that you know someone that's also trying to take this journey, you can send them this episode to get inspired. And then I guess one last piece that I'll leave with is one of the things when I'm speaking with other project managers and they're trying to decide, am I going to take the leap? Am I not? There's a big difference between confidence level and they don't feel necessarily like they have what it takes to actually do that. So I say to that, definitely, if you're thinking about it, you probably have everything that you need and more to actually be an entrepreneur in this space. Just leverage and utilize the tools that we just shared on this on this particular episode. And I'm pretty sure there's many more episodes where you have a lot more tools and information for people to be successful, but you have what it takes to be successful as a project manager entrepreneur. So go for it.
Wow. That's really, gosh, I needed you telling me those things when I was thinking about (laughs) starting my own business a decade ago, because I didn't, I got to tell you, Nicole, I just have to pause on this because this is probably where some of our audience is in that the first time that I was asked to speak on a stage, mind you, it was a panel. It wasn't even like me doing a whole session by myself. I was terrified. And I had a little bit of that, even after 15 years of building and running PMOs and transformation organizations, some of that work was hard and some of it will make you doubt yourself sometimes when you're hitting those hard road bumps and you're like, oh, you know, I don't know. I didn't think that anybody wanted to hear my opinion about the way they should be doing this PMO thing when I was on that stage, when I was first on that panel, I had to have my dear friend, shout out to Mike Hannon, come talk to me. He came to my office all the way up in Baltimore and coached me through how to speak on a panel. And I laughed today because I was terrified and worried that I was going to mess it up. And why do they want to hear from me? And having that whole imposter syndrome, like how do I know that they don't know, right? And why would they want me to be there? But okay, I was on the board of the PMI chapter and they asked for my help. I was like, sure, okay, I can do it. But then I started to get nervous that it wasn't going to be valuable, right? They're going to find out that you're not worthy enough. Yeah, and so there's all those things that go through people's minds. And it took my dear, dear friend, one of my best friends in this world, Mike Hannon, to come and like spend real time with me, helping me get comfortable. And I remember being on that stage for the first time and we're just sitting there on a panel, but someone said something and it triggered me to, I was like, oh no, this is a teaching moment, right? Someone from the audience like asked a question. I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. And I just went into serving. I went into teaching mode. I went into, let me tell you why this is what you're experiencing isn't exactly where you need to be. It was something about, oh, well, we should just earn our seat at the table as project managers or something like that. And I was like, hold on, mm-hmm. you, you have to, we should just be there. We shouldn't have to earn it. I'm like, wait a minute, right? So I went into this whole teaching moment. And I remember Mike looking at me from like the front row because he was there to cheer me on. Oh. Two thumbs up. And just smiling like, you've got this, right? I love so, that. Oh my gosh. It's like, it's such a, such a memorable moment for me because it was when I realized, oh, I do actually know things that many of the people in this audience, many people in the community don't. Yeah. They're things I've now taken for granted and they are valuable. They are yeah. meaningful. They are purposeful and they can really help change someone's life for the better. And that was the first moment that was Oh gosh, at least a year or more before I started going out on my own and even considering going out on my own. And it was that moment that I realized that I actually had something special to share with this world community. And and again, shout out to Mike. And he knows, I tell this story all the time, but if it wasn't for him, I may not have even done this, right? Because he gave me confidence to get up on stages and share what I had learned and that that was important to people and would really help change lives for the better. And once I knew that, I was unstoppable, right? Yeah, it was history from there. I had a thing that I could do to help people. That was it, right? So for everyone listening, I think what Nicole was sharing was really important. And I just wanted to share that story so that people could see 
that when you find it, when you find that magic, you have something that you can really give to this community it can be valuable, but you may not know right away where you might feel like, who am I to do this? Right. But when you find that right magic, it can change lives. It can change your life and it can be the beginning of that entrepreneurial journey. So I just wanted to share that story as we wrap up here, because you inspired me from what you're saying. And I think you have a lot to offer this community. So I'm glad that I'm glad you've made the transition full time and I look forward to seeing your business grow over the next decade. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate being able to speak to your audience again and we'll do this again. I'm sure. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. Thank you for being here, Nicole and all of you impact drivers. That's it for this session. I hope you've been inspired. And even if not to start your own company, maybe to consider how you are going to make a big impact in the organization you're serving now by having more of an entrepreneurial mindset. Okay, Impact Driver, don't forget that you don't need to go on this journey alone. Take the lessons that you've learned here today and help accelerate your impact as you start or even elevate your consulting practice. Whether you're starting as a solopreneur or you wanna build a small team, I've got your back. Just go to pmostrategies.com forward slash consultant to find all of the resources we have to support you from podcast episodes to training to full scale implementation programs and even our upcoming mastermind program for consultants only. I'll be sharing my best practices, tips, tricks, and things you need to do to ensure that you hit the ground running and elevate your organization fast. Just go to pmostrategies.com forward slash consultant and I'll see you there. So I hope you take what you can from this episode and go do big things, Impact Driver. Bye-bye for now.